We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is a girl problem. Stop settling for the guy that works in finance and wears a clean shirt. I love guys in finance who wear clean shirts. I know you do, but like, make sure he obviously owns more than one of them to wear on a different date, Hannah. (laughs) Bumble Brian doesn't even work in finance. He doesn't even work in finance. That's why he only has one shirt. He's 35 year old man with one shirt living in a studio apartment because he doesn't work in finance. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. I'm Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. What's up? What's up? How's it going? You know, I didn't book a guest for this week because fuck it. I kind of like it. Yeah, me too. I also, you know, I don't have Vyvanse right now. Um, I ran out of Vyvanse until my next prescript. But this week, I got a DM from this girl who was like, on your podcast, can you talk about how you got over your relationship? Because I'm currently going through a breakup and I'm having a really hard time. It seems like she moved to LA, got into a relationship with this guy. COVID is happening in the meantime. She became friends with his friends. Now they're broken up and she's miserable in LA, which I can relate to because LA can be very lonely if you don't know anyone or have like a group because it's so isolating because you have to, you know, you have to drive everywhere. I feel like that alone. Well, I mean, I feel like in New York, it's like if I like yesterday, I woke up at 3 p.m. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I need to walk outside. I need to see people. But I went for a walk and then I went shopping in Chelsea, spent too much money, got my ear pierced, got the inside of my ear pierced. But it it is easier to just like walk outside and feel like you're around people. Whereas L.A., everyone's in their car. So it's a little bit harder to even just be around people like no one really walks in L.A. So even if you go for a walk in your neighborhood, you feel a little isolated. Yeah. Like you feel like the weirdo. Yeah. I don't know. It was very crowded yesterday walking along the Hudson. So it's like, I felt like granted I was alone, <laughs> but those could have been your friends. If you no know, one knew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I do feel like LA is very isolating in that sense. But for me, like how I got over my last relationship, I think it helps. I think two things really help. One, I think it helps that he turned out to not be the person he was pretending to be. Right. So once I saw the real him, I was like, oh, I don't like this at all. So I think that helps. But I also think it helps that (laughs) not to push sobriety, but I think it helps. I went to rehab (laughs) and process so much shit, including the breakup. But I also think being sober helps because I think if you're going through an emotional time, you should be sober because for me, at least like alcohol and weed brings on a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And I think I'm realizing with relationships, like my neighbor and I have been making out and I think we've agreed that we're just friends who make out. But I think if I was drinking, I would think I like him more because I would be anxious from drinking. And so I would put that on him. And so I would think that I liked him because I was so anxious about it when in reality, the anxiety was coming from the alcohol, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's like not drinking to like dampen down being sad about a breakup forces you to feel your feelings. So then you can actually sit there and be like, did I really like him or what was it that I liked? Or when you start to move on and do things with other people, then it's just like, oh, I've made that choice. That's good. You don't wake up the next day like, God damn it, I got fucked up and I had sex with that guy again. It's like, no, I soberly made out with him. I knew exactly what was going on. I knew exactly what I was doing and I wanted to, 
and it's easier to draw boundaries. Yeah. So maybe not total sobriety, but like trying to lean on drinking to be like, oh, like this is just numb the pain. Like I've always thought that this is very insensitive, but I always thought that was kind of cliche for breakups anyway. Stay at home and just cry. Like get that out of your system first. I do think there's a certain wallow period that needs to happen after a breakup. Like you have to actually just sit there big. I feel like shit and that's fine. And then you just get out around people and just do some fun-ish stuff. Don't try to overcompensate and be like, look how much fun I'm having. Like, don't take pictures of it, but legitimately go out and have a good time with people you already like as friends and then kind of ease back in that way. Yeah. Because I were like the night we broke up, I remember I got like, (laughs) actually, I don't remember because I blacked (laughs) out, but I woke up the next day feeling 10 times worse because I called him and he didn't answer, which- Uh, yeah odd and I remember feeling a lot worse so I drank again and I took an edible and then I accused him of cheating on me because I made up this story in my head and in in rehab we did a lot of CBT which is like cognitive behavioral therapy and it's always like separate thoughts feelings and actions so basically when you have a thought you can talk yourself into an emotion which can talk yourself into an impulsive action but it's easier to stop something at the thought. Like if you're really upset about something being like, he fucking hates me, nothing ever mattered. You can separate it with facts. Like, no, he did like me. He did care for me, but it didn't work out. Or like, this is who I am. You know, you can separate it with yeah, reality. And then once you, but once you get to the emotional stage, it's harder to come back. From. So too deep to, in, yeah. Yeah. It's easier to stop it at the thought. And I think when you're drinking, it goes closer to the emotional. Zero to 60 is its way there. Yeah, there's no like real, there's no rational thinking when you're drinking. So I don't want to say be sober because, you know, people hate when people get sober and put sobriety on people, but I do think it helps. Yeah. No, I don't think like, I think that is a good first step just to not like, I don't know, like I said, just don't try to not feel it. Don't try to act like it doesn't feel like shit. That's fine. Breakups aren't fun. It's not like anyone needs you to feel happy again right away, but you kind of got to get to an acceptance point at some point. And the only way that that happens is by doing other stuff and by being around other people and maybe not trying to be like, okay, well, let me go slut it up just because that'll make me feel less lonely for a little bit. Like do it once or twice. Like that's huge. But don't try to be like, well, I need to get into another relationship right now because I feel so bad that I lost this one. It's like, that's not how this works. As someone who's been making out, you know, I think it's, I think a good old fashioned makeout feels great. I love a good old fashioned makeout. <laughs> love a good old fashioned steamy hot Dawson's Creek makeout. Yeah. But I'll be honest, like sometimes uh, this is so creepy, but I had a show <laughs> the other night and I, I walked by my ex's apartment and I did look to see if his light was on. I did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it was on and, and there was a part of me that got sad for a second, but then I remembered, I was like, like, what am I really sad about? Am I right. sad that this person is, you know, am I sad that I'm no longer with someone who yells at me and tells me I can't wear hats? No, I'm sad because I want a relationship. As desperate as it sounds, I do want a relationship, but it's not with that person. And I think, that, and I used to be like, oh, it's so embarrassing to be like, oh, I want a relationship, but I think it's okay to like want to, I don't know. I think it's okay to want a relationship because then you're at least like paying attention to the right shit and- you can do the thing that you're doing now where you're like, okay, this guy is clearly just my friend. And then you can put the energy into trying to date, date somebody into someone else. And then if something starts to get serious with another person, you'd be like, okay, well, I can't make out with you anymore. Whereas like, I feel like people that are, I was actually having this conversation a little bit ago and I think I might've gotten really intense on this guy. So I apologize to you, Jake. But I was basically saying, I'm like, we've all gotten into a really bad habit of just trying not to feel feelings but also really, really wanting them. So that's why everybody's so fucked up on dating apps where they are just like going through hosting like five different conversations at once, but then those conversations don't go anywhere. Or if you do get on a real date, no one shows their real personality because they're afraid of coming off as weird. So those dates are boring as fuck because people are making them boring. And I was telling him, I'm like, when was the last time you went on a date with a girl and you came back after that, you came out of it 
And you were like, yeah, she was just kind of boring. And he's like, honestly, like recently, I'm like, what kind of questions did you ask her? He's like, no, like the normal stuff. Like, what do you like to do? I'm like, Jake, that is the most boring fucking question you can ask someone. What do you like to do? No one likes to do anything. We all make shit up. Yeah, what do I like to do? I like to sit around and talk shit about people. I like to talk shit about people that I like or don't like. Surprise, surprise. I'm not going to tell you who. I like to talk shit about myself sometimes because I have to keep it fair. Then I like to sit on my couch, watch Dr. Death on Peacock, which is, by the way, amazing. Dr. Death? So good. Um, I'm like, but you're not asking, like, you're asking her, what do you like to do? You're not saying like, oh, I saw on your Hinge profile that you went to Croatia once. Like, I've never been, but I have been to this place. Have you been to both? Or like, how would you compare the two? That's an interesting question. The girl can respond to that. How the fuck do you expect a really good answer out of a really shitty ass question? And everyone's doing it. So everyone's being horrible at dating and they think it's okay because everyone's sharing these same stories about how bad they are at dating. If we were all bad at sports, the Olympics wouldn't exist. So why do you think people tried? Yeah, I mean, I had a date on Friday. It was just like not, we just were different people. And at one point he's like, so do you have any, he like segued so hard or just like transitioned so hard. I was just like, it felt like a stand-up set where a comic's like, well, I have no segue here. So who likes to take big shits? You know, it felt like that. (laughs) Or he was like, so do you have any travel plans for the summer? And I was like, oh. But no one's doing any better. That's the problem. It's like, I know. It's one of those things where I feel like people are always like, well, I don't want to call the guy out for being boring, but like, cause that would be rude. I'm like, oh, it's not rude. Why don't you help the guy out? And there's a playful way to do it. You can always just be like, come on, man. There had to have been a better way to ask me that question. And if he thinks you're a bitch, that's fine. But it's well, I think it also depends on how much you like the guy. Right. If you're like really interested. I mean, oh, yeah, if you don't give a shit. Then. <laughs> if he's really hot. Yeah. Uh, then you're like, uh, my summer plans. Oh, I'm going to invent some right now. I hope you join. <laughs> yeah, I'm on fucking hotels tonight as we speak, trying to make some plans <laughs> to fucking impress your ass. But I guess back to this girl's like, yeah, question. How do you get over someone? I mean, Skylar, you're the fucking matchmaker. What do you do when people are like, they fucking broke my heart? I mean, it's a really boring suggestion and it's not the one that anyone wants. It's just giving it time. It's giving it time, but also analyzing what you did wrong in the relationship and then what they did wrong so that you but can- Do you think people do things wrong or do you think sometimes it's just not a good it's fit? But like, sometimes it is just not a good fit, but then the thing you were doing wrong was- picking the wrong person and not like probably letting things go way longer than they needed to. If somebody's not a good fit for you and you were dating to the point of being upset about the breakup, you were in that for a good amount of time. And if it could have been identified early, that's on you to work on next time. Be like, Hey, I got to stick to my guns on this. Like that guy told shitty jokes and I stuck around for seven months. What the hell was I doing? I probably got less funny in that time. Whereas if three weeks in, you're like, these jokes are not getting better. And he does not know that they're not getting better. I can't three weeks. It takes you three weeks to realize what a good joke is. I'm just saying like compared to seven months, if you're going to put in the time, you're clearly going to give it the good college try. But I think it is just giving it time to be like, okay, what do I need to change? I need to change something up and also being pickier moving forward. Because if you got so upset about a relationship, it's kind of what you were saying where it's like, well, like, like I like the fact that I was in one. That was nice. Eating with someone was great. Yeah, that's fine. Having the check picked up was nice. There we go. But it's also just like, yeah, not trying to rush it and just realize, like, I think it is partially just realizing that you're a little bit responsible obviously so are they and you hope they're doing the work themselves but you have no control over that anymore well it's funny this weekend I had blasts from the past I texted you Skylar this guy if you've been following the podcast love of my life Bumble Brian ran into him this weekend I was outside a comedy show and he was walking by and I was like is that Bumble Brian and I literally but because I was about to say, hey, Bumble Brian, but I was like, I can't say that in public. So I was like, hey, but Brian. And he came over and said hello, but it was so awkward. He had such awkward energy, but he was still hot. I will say he was still fucking hot. And he's wearing this blue button down that made his eyes pop. I was like, okay, Bumble Brian, you're clearly on a date. But the- oh, was energy- he No, he wasn't with a girl, but he was wearing a button down, which he wore on the one like actual date we went on. So I know- okay, So that's like his date shirt. Yeah, he he definitely he had his date shirt on. He had his date shirt on. But I didn't find myself jealous. And it was like the host of the show was like, you went out with that guy. That guy was so awkward. And I was like, 
I know I miss the energy because I think I just, one, I was drinking at the time. And two, I think I just wanted to be in a relationship and he was so hot that I was like, I can make this awkward energy work. Yeah. I can fill in the blanks here. (laughs) I can fill in this dead air with my own (laughs) voice. And the host is like, oh God, how'd you get rid of him? And I'm like, he stood me up. (laughs) I was like, he done me. But it was a satisfying moment of like, I was so torn up about this guy. And then I saw him a year later after going to rehab, I almost was like, Hey, Brian, I went to rehab too. But then I was like, I don't really want to start a conversation with this guy. We well, just highs and buys. It's good. We don't, need it. <laughs> we don't really owe each other much more than that. But I, it was satisfying. It was like, kind of like, uh, you know, you ask God for signs when you get sober and it was like Bumble Brian just <laughs> marching on through with his little awkward energy and his like awkward hand motions and the dead air that he provides to a conversation. And I was like, oh, I was not supposed to be with this person. And I cannot believe I was hung up on this. And person. you can like see it. That's when it, I think that's the best part when it, you like just look at it. You're like, you used to text me and I would get excited or like, I would walk in, you would walk in my apartment and I'd be like, oh, yay. And when none of that is there, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is growth. You're a better person than I am. I don't know that I would have called out the name. I probably would have been like, oh. I, I feel like we made eye contact for a second and I wanted him to know that like, he did not have anything over me. That's fair. It was kind of a, my way of being like, hey, we're good and I'm good. Yeah, I'm not we're mad that you stood me better. up and ghosted me. Yeah. <laughs> like he like double, you know, like dick slapped me and then curb stomped me. And I just wanted him to know that he didn't keep me down. I think that's the best feeling in the world to literally not care. Yeah. Like when people bring certain people up and you're just like, I, I don't really know. Like, sounds good. They sounds like they're doing great. I'm not sure. You actually don't know what's going on in their life because you're no longer looking at their Instagram story or you're no longer checking your Instagram story to see if they're looking at it. You're like, oh shit, this is progress. This is living. No, I always think of it in terms of birthdays just because I always remember everyone's birthday and birthdays and obviously like certain songs or things like that. But this day used to be such a big deal. Like I used to remember the days that boys broke up with me. Damn. Well, that means you actually got broken up with. I've just been ghosted. So I'm like, which day do you <laughs> There was come? a date on the calendar for this one. <laughs> like those days used to kill me. And then like after a few years, then. A few years, Skylar. I mean, so it depends on the person. But like after a couple of years, you would go and I'm like, oh, like October, whatever it is, doesn't really. I don't I, clearly doesn't really bother me anymore. I'm so bad with dates. But I will say my ex-boyfriend from college who, you know, RIP, we hooked up for years. Last time we hooked up was last spring. He now has a new girlfriend. I was going to say, I feel like you need to clarify. He didn't die. He he didn't die. He didn't die. Not RIP to him. RIP to your love. Because that would have been much more fucked up. Be like, oh, you know, RIP. It's worse. He's still alive (laughs) and he's in a new relationship. Um, I would say that's worse. Uh, (laughs) No, he's a great guy, but he didn't wish me happy birthday this year. And I was like, (sighs) it it was a sting. It was a sting, but I'm proud of him because he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, that's good. Good for him. It's good for him. I'm like, good. He deserves that. He deserves that happiness. See, so the girl in the DMs, she needs to immediately stop remembering dates, like just burn them all. Don't let anything in your calendar have any power over you. That's a big one. Yeah. Well, so she said that her ex's bike, the girl who DM me, her Mm -hmm. ex's bike is at her apartment. She said, what should I do with the bike? And I said she should sell it. But I'm a fucking, you know, I'm a little snarly ass bitch. You know, my ex-boyfriend, we planned this whole trip to California. But to be fair, he made me book a trip to New York before canceled on me. I had to get a hotel. I had to book that flight, which is more expensive at a JFK. And I had to book that train, but we had an Airbnb that we split Mm. and I ended up getting the money back. So yeah, I bought a pair of Prada loafers. You bet your fucking ass. I bought a pair of Prada loafers. I didn't refund his fucking ass. It's a whole thing. But my point is, I think she should sell the bike, but that's me. I mean, how, I guess I saw a picture of the bike. It's a pretty nice bike. Pretty nice bike. But he hasn't reached out for it. It's been like, like, if he's not jonesing to get his bike back, like I would maybe, and I wouldn't do it now, but in the beginning, I'd be like, I need all your shit gone. Your bike is still here. Do you like, where can I put it that you can come get it? Never 
do you want to come get your bike? Because we all know what that leads to. But like, hey, your bike is in the hallway in my building. If you want to come grab it, it's there, but can't guarantee it'll be there very long. So do what you need to do. Either that or I would sell it. You're not that petty. I would do the exact same thing because a bike would go quickly. If it was something else that I didn't think I could sell that fast, I'd just be annoyed and I'd put it on the street. But if I could get money for it and a bike will go, especially if it's nice, anyone would buy that. I don't even know what bikes would go for. So I'd probably sell like a really nice bike for like 400 bucks and then do the same thing you did and just go buy myself something, buy myself a love present from me to me. Well, that was the reason why I bought those loafers is because I wanted those loafers for a long time. And I was like, I was showing him, I was like, oh, I really want these loafers. And he was like, don't buy those. You're going to look like a So obviously <laughs> I bought those. Purchase. I was like, <laughs> fuck you, bitch. That being said, I mean, I do still have moments where I was like looking at his window, which I was like, why am I being creepy? I don't even like this person. But you have, I think yeah, you're you have moments. Moments are fine. Everybody's got a moment of weakness where they're just like, what is that person doing? My friend always says, play the tape. Mm -hmm. Because what's going to happen? You know when things are going south. Unless you're like completely oblivious, like you know. Oh, yeah. Like I felt the shift in my relationship pretty quickly. It's it's a clear shift. Yeah. You know, it's not you. They're not right for you. It's just the loneliness. Yeah. It's just the, oh, I don't have someone anymore. And that sucks. But a lot harder to stay in that relationship just so you have someone and I know plenty of people do that like I can't imagine staying in a relationship just because I needed to be in one I did that in college once my reason for breaking up with someone was because I'm like I want to date someone I don't really want to date you and it was mean but it was you said true. that to him you said I want a boyfriend but not you in so many words I think I phrased it better but that was basically it what it was, did he say to that well oh, he was not you happy bitch. kind of if someone was like, hey, I really want a relationship, like I'm so desperate for a girlfriend, just like not desperate enough for you, I would. <sighs> I mean, it wasn't like that. I wasn't like desperate for one. I'm like, I want to date someone seriously, but this is not the relationship that I want. So I want to go find it with someone else. And that is not you again, just FYI, just to be clear. Not someone, but not you. A boyfriend, but not you as my boyfriend. A boyfriend is something different than blank. (laughs) Than what this is. I will say too, with my relationship, even though it did go down south very quick, there were things in the beginning that he was pretending to be that Mm -hmm. now I know I want from a relationship that I really liked. So I don't want to say her name because I don't know how private, you know, public, private, whatever she is. But this girl, it's like you can look at the good aspects of your relationship and make a list of things you're looking for in someone else, which I think is very helpful. Oh, definitely. Just because it didn't work out in that one human being doesn't mean you have to like start from scratch and find someone completely new and like all new qualities that you like. You find the things that worked in that one person and then you make tweaks and you're like, okay, well, really loved when we did all of this stuff. I also loved how he looked this way, but I did not like that he wore camo Crocs or weird cargo shorts. Um, Is this the guy with the chest tattoo that wore camo Crocs, Skylar? I'm combining them all into one person Jesus because Christ. I am. <laughs> Skylar dated the entire Duck Dynasty at her college in Kentucky. <laughs> no one had a beard. Oh, well, not a beard oh. like that. <laughs> Listen, I've grown. I am a whole new girl. Over Has here. Ryan seen your roster? Is he like, Jesus Christ? Honestly, he might have seen a couple of them, but I think he even had like, I don't think he even needed to see the full photo to be like, I'm good. Like zero jealousy at all yeah not a threat none no <laughs> threat they do probably have guns so like a little bit of a physical Definitely threat. one of them totally does but it would mostly just be like I feel like if I were to be like mm, I don't know I'm thinking of going back to my ex I'm just having a lot of complicated feelings he'd be like fucking go for it like <laughs> you'll be back moron yeah I'll see you in two days well I was even telling my friend I'm a little I guess I blocked him but <laughs> He has my email. I'm a little sad that my ex hasn't been groveling. I was like, how is he not out there missing my ass? But that's also a crazy thought. That's a loneliness. Deal with it differently. Like we girls feel loneliness almost immediately. And you go through like all the sadness up front and then it kind of dwindles away. Guys just do it the opposite way. Like uh, where they all like, they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Like they're still kind of sad, but not so much. 
But then it's over a longer period of time where then they see you doing well and you don't give a shit anymore. And that's when it's like, oh, well, how's it going, you know? And you're like, it's going really fucking well. That's Is it. that how that works? So, I think so. I'm not kidding. It takes longer to, you think? You feel the sad. Yeah. We just do it in opposite ways. Like we feel sad up front and then we get better and everything's good. Guys at least act like things are good up front. They still feel a little bit of something, but then- it like it's a delayed reaction where they're like, oh wait, that hold on, I miss is her. Is it because their brains are smaller or they don't mature as fast? Why is that? I'm sure it's a weird pituitary hormonal something. I don't. I should. Re- I should know the science behind it. You'd think, but I don't do that much research. <laughs> well, if you have your one breakup song, what would it be? Oh, I have one. What is it? I miss you by Incubus. Let's play a little bit of it. I miss you by Incubus. What do you mean Blink-182? No, not, where are you? Not that one. Incubus, <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> I promise it exists. I cried about it for like a year. I don't know if that's a song, Skylar. It is. I have it on my, I will show you right now. If I miss you by Incubus. This used to get me. Now I just like it as a good song. Gets to the chorus. That feels like a slow burn. I'm clearly coming out. I was do- doing, I was going through a lot. All right. Scala hasn't been through a breakup since 1995. <laughs> This is mine. <laughs> is it my picture on Nope. <laughs> Yours is like inksy. I feel like we could get From the tangles of mm. my heart is crushed by a former love. Can't. Lyrically, that's very sad and breakupy, but like melodically and tempo wise, I'd be like, all right, let's get into this. Like, yeah, obviously, I was taking so many mushrooms and dancing to this in my living room. The breakup song to me, I'm like in my bed, cannot move, replaying it over and over again to really just like. Make sure that emotional scar. With that dagger yeah. in your own heart. Okay, what about breakup movie? The Notebook. Really? Yep. Why? Because they did break up and they were so good together, but just couldn't be together. I like tended to not watch the end where they got back together because I was pissed off still. I'm like, no, you guys don't deserve this. But like I would watch right up until like she went back and then they did the whole what do you want part. And that like got me to cry. What do you want part? What movie are you watching? That's not. He, they're at the car and he's no. like, what do you want? And she's like, I don't know. Whatever I do, somebody gets hurt. He's like, what do you want? And then I was sitting there. I'm like, I don't know either. And neither did he. So everyone's crying. And then I have to turn it off because then I feel the camaraderie between me and Rachel McAdams. I don't want to see anybody get better. I also, I used to have on rotation, I would do that. And then I would go watch really sad YouTube videos. And there's a scene from Grey's Anatomy where there's an Ingrid Michaelson song playing and Sandra O oh was supposed to get married and then, or maybe was trying on her dress. I don't remember. I've literally never seen the whole episode, but she was like trying on her wedding dress and then freaking out because she realized she didn't want to get married. So then she's like hyperventilating and then Meredith has to like scalpel the dress in the back. That's and a scene from sex in the city. That also happened in sex in the city. It happened a lot. Listen, <laughs> but the whole point is like, I need people when I need people to commiserate with me when I'm in a breakup. So like, I need everyone to be crying. So every sad thing needs to happen. Sex in the City is actually a good example too. When they're supposed to get married and then Carrie beats up big with her bouquet, mm-hmm. turning around to the car and then Charlotte looks back and screams a big no, immediate tears for a while. I'm over it now. That's all I need. I just need like, I need to cry a lot. I agree with that. 
my I would say my breakup movies I the breakup Mm -hmm. I like that movie a lot because you don't know if they get back together at the end there's a hint that they might but you don't know my best friend's wedding I love that movie for a breakup because she doesn't end up with him and I think that's the most realistic point of view even though Julie Roberts is apparently 28 in that movie I'm like she is not 28 in that movie not at all and because I like was in love with my best friend who actually I speak of not caring but for so long I was so in love with him and convinced we would be together and um I think that movie helped me realize I don't need to be yeah and he was always dating younger girls and Cameron Diaz like this younger hotter girl and it was just like yeah you go for the catharsis see you're smart you actually watch these movies to completion and see everything wrapped up in that bow I didn't do that I just want I ended it the way I wanted it to end <laughs> this is say when she gets sad she used to watch soldier coming home videos and the last 10 minutes of the movie up <laughs> whatever no, I like I like things that speak to me yeah, same. I think you just like you go for finality and I'm like, I'm not done being sad about this yet. So I'm going to watch this same YouTube video clip over and over again. <laughs> well, I just like movies where the ending is more realistic because no, it, gives you, I it gives you hope that like you personally can move on, mm-hmm. but the relationship doesn't have to get back together. That's why I don't love rom-coms because for so long, I feel like my life was in the first act of a rom-com. Like I was drinking too much. I was eating out of a microwave hoping a man would come along to save me because of these fucking rom-coms it's like oh I'm a mess it's like the classic rom-com of a woman's a mess she's you know she talks back but then she falls in love and her life gets in order and she you know gets her shit together and I just don't think that's reality so that's why I like movies where in the end it's not necessarily a happy ending but it's a realistic ending and personally the characters are they develop as opposed to the relationship working out. I like that. No, I agree. I, I prefer movies like that in a sane state of mind. When I'm doing well, I love watching movies like that. I'm like, this is how it actually works. Like, this is how life actually goes. But in the moment, I, I need something else. <laughs> I hate watching rom-coms, like happy rom-coms when I'm sad because I'm like, you know, it's like in the episode of Legally Blonde where she throws the chocolates at the mm-hmm. screen. And she's like, liar. Yeah. Or the idea that guys come back, you know, and make these grand gestures. Do you know how many men owe me a grand gesture at this point in my life? Like my windows are open. I am waiting for that fucking boombox to be sitting outside my window, but not once, not once has there been a grand gesture. And you know why? Because they're not fucking real. No, they don't happen. I've never had one either. I'm trying to think like, and I'm trying to think if I've like thought of one as a grand gesture and now just in hindsight, I'm like, no, he was just doing the bare minimum. (laughs) Like, he texted me. It was crazy. It was, it was <laughs> he so sent me a voice note. Guys, it was like really romantic. No, I I got nothing. Like not from exes. So well, I had a guy completely screwed me over and then I got flowers delivered to my door and I was like, wow, it's him. And it was a girlfriend who sent me the flowers because she knew I was in a bad place. Yeah. And at first I got to admit, I was a little disappointed, which is okay. shitty to say, but I was like, God damn it. But then I thought about it and I was like, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. I have like great friends in my life that are there for me and like care about me. Yeah. Whereas in the moment, I was like, I want it to be this guy to come back. But even looking back on that relationship, I'm like, ew. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't. (laughs) I'm so glad. But that's what's hard is like, my friend recently told me she did not like my ex-boyfriend. She was like, Hannah, I didn't know how to tell you, but I really did not like him. I hate that. And I was like, what? She was like, he said, apparently he said some rude, I was too drunk to notice, but he said some rude ass shit to her. And I was like, why didn't you tell me that? And she's like, well, because I didn't really think it was a productive mm-hmm. conversation, which I guess I appreciate, but it was very interesting. Cause now I'm like, oh, he was a crazy person. She was like, yeah, I've been like trying to tell you that, but I didn't know how. So now I just like, don't even trust my own judgment. Especially in situations like that. Cause everyone's been in that part where they're like, oh, I fucking hate that guy. But if we say anything to Erica, she's going to flip out and not be our friend anymore. So you just kind of tolerate it. But I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I'm this. Uh, I would like to think, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing. It's like, it's again, learning from every relationship and you're like, okay, well, next one, let me make sure that like the friends and the relationship are super balanced and 
I can give adequate attention to both so that if my friends have a problem with him for whatever reason that I'm just blind to, they can actually tell me and I can figure out if it actually matters to me. Have you ever dated someone your friends brought up like, oh, we don't like this thing and you sided with your friend over your boyfriend? They've never brought it up. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I've never been, I was never a good enough person basically to be able to balance them out. Like I was always so obsessed with guys that I was dating and then like assimilated my friends into it, but was so far gone into liking the guy that they wouldn't have been able to say anything anyway. And then of course, after the fact they came out, they're like, yeah, he really wasn't that great for you. I'm like, that would have been really good for me to know. They're like, well, what were we going to do? When were we going to tell you that? I'm like, that's fair enough. And it comes with like being more mature and stuff. I I would hope. And if any of my friends are listening to this, so all two of you, um, I would hope that somebody would say something to me now, maybe not now, now, but I like to think that I entered my current relationship, not thinking that way and being a little more open to being like, Hey, if you don't like him, tell me sooner rather than later. Now the ship has sailed, but (laughs) I feel like it would be pretty hard to keep that secret for six and a half years. Well, I think they got rid of the, I object for weddings. Like, I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think I I have not been at a wedding where someone's like, speak now or forever, hold your peace. The past four weddings I've been to, they have not said that. Yeah, I would cut that out. Yeah, it's a little late. At that point, I'm like, I just paid tens of thousands of dollars for you to be here specifically. Go off and eat your bronzino and let's talk about this later. Like, you don't need to ruin this today. (laughs) Well, also, I had a friend of a friend. This happened years ago, but a friend of a friend was like, I don't know if I want to marry this guy because he was getting kind of crazy towards the wedding. And the dad said to her, we have paid too much for this wedding. You have to marry him and get a divorce later because we have too many people coming. And I was like, what shitty advice from a father? But no wonder they don't have the I object. It's like, this is a very expensive occasion. So if you have a fucking problem, you should have said it two months ago. Or you should have RSVP'd no. Yeah, just why are you here? dollars a plate. Why did you show up? I know. Well, now with Zola too, the address of the wedding is on the fucking website of Zola if you have an open Zola. So anyone could just run in and be like, I object. Well, and the thing is like, I feel like it would be such a weird dramatic thing because if anybody were to come in and say, I object to my wedding, unless it was like a long lost or secret girlfriend of Ryan's that I just do not know about right now. If anyone from my past were to come up, be like, Skylar, no, I object to big shit. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm busy right now. We don't have time for this. Security, get him or my brothers, whoever's <laughs> whoever I'm paying for. But it would be something like that. I can't imagine it turning into something where it's like, oh, he came and objected and the bride ran away with this random man. I'm like, I don't even know anyone anymore. I just wonder if I'll have doubts either way. Like, even when I order something off a menu, if I'm deciding between two things, like no matter which I get, I'm always like, should I get on the other thing? I feel like that's going to be on my wedding day. I'm going to be like, "Ah, is this this my best option? But I feel like, I mean, I'm 29. By the time I get married, I'm going to be like, yep, this is my best option. (laughs) This is it, actually. Yeah. I'm 45. Yeah, this is it, babe. I'm literally, so I redownloaded Bumble against my therapist's advice. My therapist was like, you should not be dating. And I was like, you know what, Sherry, I really appreciate your input on this one, but I'm going to say, nah, um, I'm 29, clocks a ticking, eggs are a rotten, so I'm getting on the Bumble. I feel like my Bumble is broken, and I don't know if it's because it's broken or because it's broken, but it's broken. So I didn't have 29-year-olds because I was like, I want to date an older guy who's 30, and they were all so unattractive that I went down to 29, and they're a little more attractive, but I'm like, I think my bumble's fucking broken. How long were you off of it before you re-downloaded it? Mm, well, you know, me and my very serious almost husband were in a relationship for a solid three months. So five months I've been off of it, six oh. months. I feel like typically they try to overhaul you with a ton of really hot guys in the first couple of days. So you're like, oh, this is why I came back. Yep. But no. Yeah, that. no, they're not even doing that. They're not even trying hmm. to... Bumble is not even catfishing me. That is how broken it is. Interesting. I guess I shouldn't be in a relationship right now anyway, but I'm worried I'm entering a phase where like all the good ones are taken, which I know is a crazy thought, but it is like, I don't know many attractive guys in their thirties who are single, who are successful and not total pieces of shit. I mean, when you put it that way, do you know any Skylar? 
I mean, you forgot to add in there that they're ready to be in a relationship. I think that's the final key. I know plenty of like cute, successful guys, but they are still, they are 30 and 31 going on 26. They have no intention of, they're going to freak out in four years when they're having the reverse of what you're thinking, where they want a really cute 30 year old and all those good ones are taken. So that sucks. Well, I will be waiting in the wings. I will say that. My brother loves to say that, like, because he has a couple of friends in New York who are very attractive and who are single. And he loves to tell me that they only date model types. No, girls who look like models. That's mm-hmm. what my brother says. They only date girls who look like models. So, like, not me. So, like, not even actual models, just girls who are, like, nines. Yeah. Which I'm like, that is so offensive. My brother's basically calling me a six. <laughs> He's just like, you know what? They're date- they only date girls who kind of resemble a model. So just like, not you. Thanks. Where are all these model girls hiding that multiple guys who I promise you are probably like hard seven and a half or eights are I know. nine or a 10. A PR Stop firm somewhere. This is a girl problem. Stop settling for the guy that works in finance and wears a clean shirt. I Stop. love guys in finance who wear clean shirts. I know you do, but like, make sure he obviously owns more than one of them to wear on a different date, Hannah. <laughs> Bumble Brian doesn't even work in finance. He doesn't even work in finance. That's why he only has one shirt. He's a 35-year-old man with one shirt living in a studio apartment because he doesn't work in finance. <sighs> that being said, this uh, yeah, this episode is brought to you by Bumble Brian. Uh, I guess we really didn't offer advice for that girl. We just kind of talked about her. I mean, maybe. Listen to Swing. There's snippets in there. If you like read, if you really listen hard, just rewind a few times and there's something good in there, probably. Yeah. Or, you know, wait and I'm sure he'll come back. Guys usually do come back. Not for me, but sometimes. Yeah, I don't really have Have you ever had a guy come back and be like, hey. Mm." No. Literally never have I ever. I've made like, I've been the creepy one that just kind of forced it to happen. Like I've made up white lies and certain things. So we would run into each other and then that rekindled things, but they didn't come back. I just put myself in the right place at the right time. But also because I was lonely and not because they were necessarily the right person for me to be with. So that's true. my advice with a grain of salt. I love male blondes. I love Slytherins. And that's part of my problem. You do. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the capes. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's the bleached eyebrows. Mm, I just can't tell their expressions. It's so hot. I just love yelling. It's weird. I just like, I can't hear that well. So I love it when a guy raises his voice at me for absolutely no reason. Clearly. (laughs) Um, Well, do you have a crazy bitch of the week? I kind of do. It's apparently a phone that's been created by like some MAGA guy that's supposed to be completely uncensorable and untrackable. So it doesn't have a whole like where is it a freedom phone. Yeah. Um, the funniest thing about it is the phones themselves are produced in China and they're easily jailbroken and easy to hack. So they have all this stuff built around about it. And the guy that created it's like some 22 year old and he was touting it. He's like, this is the phone for like conservatives or just people that don't want the government involved in their life. If we're going to separate from the U.S., this is how we're going to do it first. I'm like, all right, buddy. And then it comes out that his phone is produced in China. I'm like, oh. And then I think he tried to say, he's like, yeah, but once we get really mass production going on, it's going to be made in Hong Kong. So not even on mainland China. I'm like, you are really overestimating how many people in your voter circle know the difference between China and Hong Kong. I promise you half of those people think that Hong Kong is in China. Yeah. It's also just like, why? Android, number one. So get a cricket. Yes. Number two, you're not getting rid of your iPhone. We all know it. Good try, but no. And it's just kind of a known fact now. It's like they're tracking everything. They're tracking this right now. They're just the FBI agents watching this as we record it are just bored, but it's happening. So. <laughs> I'm just going to flash my tits for all the <laughs> FBI agents. <laughs> you're welcome, sir. Yeah, you uh, like that? Look at that nipple, baby. <laughs> I just flashed my tits for all those listening. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you could hear the drop. <laughs> Yeah, that's insane. I just feel like, yeah, why not get a cricket phone? It's also called it. You can get a burner phone at 7-Eleven. You know, I've <clears throat> harassed people via that. This guy, first of all, he has bleached tips. 
I'm looking at the guy who created this automatic no go. Yeah. Eric Finman. Today, I'm announcing the Freedom Phone. This is the first major pushback on big tech companies that attacked us for just thinking different. I mean, yeah, you're going to sell a phone from China and say it's safe and uncensorable. It's like, have you heard of China? <laughs> just out of China. Also like these are the same people that were protesting TikTok or the people that are buying a ch- phone from China. Yeah, don't download that Chinese app. Just get a whole entire phone from it. The entire apparatus from the country. Good call. It's also like the only person who's going to buy this phone is my grandfather and he doesn't know how to use it. Exactly. My grandfather is 94. Okay. And he'll be like, oh, can I even hug my granddaughter anymore? Is that part of the Me Too movement? Like that. And my cousin gets really upset, but I'm like, all right, his sweater's on backwards. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he farts when he walks and does not know it. Right. But then my cousin was getting kind of mad at him for saying these me too stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But are we going to teach our 94 year old grandfathers this lesson of morality? Or are we just going to say, yeah, better not hug us, grandpa, because that's against the me too movement. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you just do with your grandparents when they get to a certain age. My grandma has no idea what's going on anymore. So like anytime I'm there, I kind of ask my mom beforehand. I'm like, so what age does she think I am? Like, what's about to happen? She's like, I think she thinks you're in college. I'm like, all right. And I get to relive it all, but on my terms. So I'm like, oh, well, I am a, on the Dean's list again. I have a beautiful boyfriend who is the captain of the football team. And that's all she needs to hear. She doesn't remember it five minutes later. And it's just like, just let that, like, what are you going to do with anybody in their nineties? I'm like, Yeah, my grandfather doesn't have a front tooth right now. He's missing a tooth. And he's like, I don't really want to replace it. So I'm like, yeah, he doesn't have a tooth. Like, what are we going to, what lesson are we going to teach him here? Yeah, just let him live. Okay. We're going to do a fetish of the week, okay? The fetish of the week is psychrophilia. P-S-Y-C-H-R-O-P-H-I-L-I-A. Psychrophilia. They have to do with fish? No. Well, no. Like the coral reef? You get really, you're into the coral reef? Turned on by the coral reef? That's what I'm going with. Um, no. But I'm close, right? Kind of, because it's the arousal to being cold and watching other people get cold. So it's like if you're in the water, fish are cold. Right. Okay. They're cold water fish. I guess they're warm water fish. Yeah, not anymore. They're all the fish are dying. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. let's. Um, but okay. I, I mean, I guess I guess that makes sense. You watch nipples get hard. Okay, that's kind of a turn on. So, like, you watch people do cryotherapy, and you're like, "Oh, baby, it is freezing in there." Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You make a snowman, and you're just fucking turn on. You you fuck a snowman. That's it's women who fuck snowmen. Santa Claus immediately turned on the North Pole. Oh, all those elves. That's like double whammy fetish. Wow. Exactly. Psychrophilia. I feel like the most thing that makes sense is nipples getting hard because some people like hard nipples, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, if this was a big thing for you, wouldn't you just immediately move to Alaska? It probably is. Or like Minnesota or something. Yeah, I imagine people who live in cold places are turned on by people who are cold because why else would you like to be cold if not to be turned on? Right. Unless you're turned on by being cold, who likes being cold? I don't know. Exactly. This makes sense. This is everyone who lives in the North. These are people who live in Chicago who love Chicago. Love Chicago. Now, do you think there's some kind of um, like novelty to it if you live below the equator and you don't really see people get cold that often, but when you do, it's like a big deal. I mean, like someone who lives in Arizona and takes a ski trip to Aspen? Yes. Maybe. How do you think cold or global warming is going to affect psychrophiliacs? Global warming is extreme temperatures, right? Either way. So it's like people are gonna be really turned on. Or really disappointed. This is for people who jack off to the movie Ice Age. Yes. Ice Age is their anime porn. Or what was the one where Leonardo DiCaprio had to sleep inside of the bear carcass? Oh, the Reverend? Was he cold in that? I never saw it. I never saw it either. But I, Or when Leonardo DiCaprio is on the side of the door. Oh, on the Titanic. Water. They love... Oh, that scene must 
kill them. Well, I think he looks so hot when he's turning blue. I mean, yeah. Blue is his color, I must say. Yeah, I think so. Like all of Titanic must just be porn for a psychrophiliac. Yeah, I guess so. It would it have to be. Wow. So there's like a lot out there. You could really live your life completely unaffected by this if you really like if this was your thing. You could kind of make it work for yourself in a lot of different ways. So well, I guess it makes sense if you're turned on by being cold, because then you're like, oh, I need to warm up. I need to get close to this person. I need to fuck in order to get warm. Yeah. But then so do you think afterwards you're like, oh, I'm hot now. Like, get the fuck away from me. You're yeah, hot. exactly. It's like when you come during porn and you're like, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Who turned this on? Yeah, it's like, ew, what are you guys doing? What is this doing on my computer? When you're home alone, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Who put this on? Turn this off. This is fucking gross. Fucking sickos. I I did a show the other day and I was like, did I ever tell you that my ex-boyfriend hid my vibrator? To be funny or mean? No, 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 to be mean. That is mean. No. Controlling, right? Yeah. Which I didn't ever realize. Well, I, I didn't know. I just didn't tell people because I knew it was bad, but I didn't want people to know. Fair enough. Anyway, I was asking this couple, I was like, would you ever hide her vibrator? And then she was like, uh, those are my parents. And she was sitting next to her parents. And then I was like, do you ever hide your wife's vibrator? And then it just got very awkward. But I was like, I wonder if adults use vibrators. Like parents. Yeah, I think they do. I feel like it's just like, I feel like our generation is just so much more open about so much shit that we're just like, oh yeah, my vibrator and this and that. I feel like parents were so much more secretive about so much stuff. That's true. That like- My dad found my vibrator because he was going through my dresser. And when he was later like, what is that thing? I was like, oh, no wonder mom is like pissed off all the time. Yeah. Now I know. Now you know. What are you going to do? Um, okay. Well, to wrap this up, I guess the thing is to get over someone, try to be sober one night right? or a couple nights, just try to be sober to calm the anxiety for one weekend. Yeah. And then live through your emotions. You got it. As my therapist says, you got to live through it. You can't get over it. You have to go through it. Yes. Oh, also, you know, leave a review if you want. I don't know. We're just living our life. We are. And if you want more sage wisdom like this, ask more questions. Oh yeah. DM me on Instagram. I always respond. Well, unless it's like, show me your tits. Then I don't. I only show Skylar my tits on the Zoom. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.